0: On this
1: episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast, Clay Sweet sits down and talks to Memphis Tiger baseball coach Matt Reiser. If you're looking for a
0: place for that much-needed pregame meal, a place to just take in the game, or a place to have your post-game celebration, visit Champion Sports Bistro. They are a family-oriented sports bistro located at 113 West Canal Street in downtown Picayune. With food and drink specials throughout the week, Champions is a great place to enjoy lunch or dinner. They are open Monday through Thursday, 11 to 10, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 1. Champion Sports Bistro is Picayune's Bistro for Champions.
1: Johnson Farms and Meat Market. Where can you find a full-service butcher shop that carries only the finest beef? From Mississippi farm-raised corn-fed cattle? Why, that would be Johnson Farms and Meat Market in Picayune. Shop at johnsonfarms.com or stop in at the corner of Highway 11 and North Hall in Picayune. Johnson Farms and Meat Market, where quality beef begins. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's
0: small businesses, family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance. The local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Poppleville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Fazand, or me, Ross Gilbo at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi.
1: We are now thrilled to be joined by the new head baseball coach for the University of Memphis, Matt Riser. Matt, thanks for taking time for me, man.
0: Absolutely, Clay. Anytime, man. You know, you always got a special place in my heart, and I'll make any time I can for you.
1: Well, and time's got to be valuable right now, so <laughs> I always appreciate your time, but... Uh, certainly. Right now, let's get to it, Matt. What's it been like? Um, first of all, I want to compliment you, man. Congratulations on the the job. And then, yeah, people say hit a home run. I think you hit for the cycle on your opening uh, press conference. So, uh, great job on that. Let's start there, Matt. What has this whirlwind been like, man?
0: It's been awesome. You know, uh, I got the question of the day, man, how's your mental state? Obviously you got a lot going on. I said, well, my mental state's great. You know, it's 24-7 right now, but it's all baseball now. Uh, but the wife, you might need to check in on her. She's <laughs> the one dealing with the three crazy kids, packing up the house with boxes, buying houses, selling houses. So, you know, but it's it's been awesome, man. I just uh, – it's been the good Lord's plan, man. He's put us right where we're supposed to be, and, and we've continued to trust that part of it. And uh, obviously, really excited about this opportunity because it's in a situation – I think it's in the FC stages of being you know a monster I think it's something we can really grow here that uh, made the initial investment to get it in that direction right and now I think we've just found the the perfect fit for us as a family Uh, the university found a perfect fit for my coach to lead this program and you know when you put those two together man uh, everybody's going to maximize the opportunity that they have
1: Matt I think you'll be okay with me using this word, but I thought it was pretty bold of you, stepped all the way out into a 10-year plan or a 10-year dream there in your opening press conference, the thought process to going ahead and kind of putting some pressure on yourself, if you will, in your opening statement.
0: Yeah, well, it's not pressure, it's pleasure, right? I mean, that's the reality of it. When you get in these situations, we, we know what the ultimate goal is. What you got to do is win, right? But if you just focus on the winning component of it, then you get lost in the process to get there. And that's the most important component of it, uh, to be able to have that success, they give you confidence. So when you go on the field and it is time to compete and do, do that, that's the fun part, right? That's the 5% that you actually get a chance to do. And uh, it takes care of itself. It's a byproduct of everything you've created around it. So, uh, you know, again, the main thing Thing I wanted was a, a vision for this place and, and an understanding of the vision that I have. And uh, obviously the, the kids that we're gonna recruit and the kids that we're gonna put in that locker room have that same vision as we do. And obviously the staff we put together is gonna have the same vision as well. People who are gonna truly care about this place, who have, have really fiend for this place to, to be uh, very competitive at, at a high level and you just you see it man. You see the basketballs, you know, really a power two type conference, you know, uh, competitor. Football is now in the kind of the power five contention right the conversation they've had there baseball just hasn't been in that space yet and honestly and I think you know, with the administration the people we have around right now uh, that are excited and feeling the win that they really want it I think it's put us in a position that we can we can get to that point right Yeah, call it lofty goals call it whatever you want call me crazy like I said in the press conference that's fine a lot of people have doubted us along the way and uh, told me I wasn't ever going to play Division 1 baseball me so I wasn't uh, ever going to be able to, to take over to a head coach at 29 years old and run a program and I uh, told us we couldn't do what we did there at South being in four regionals and nine seasons. So continue to Dallas, that's kind of the M.O. That's the blue college chip on our shoulder, and that's the kids we'll recruit and people who surround ourselves with this program.
1: Matt, if you could see my notes here, I have doubt equals fuel for you on, on one of my questions. So I'll get to at the end there at Southeastern, how much does that help you kind of Recharge. You're guy. You're not a kind of guy that uh, I have to worry about their battery much. But how does the ending there kind of help you refresh or recharge?
0: Yeah, you know, it's just your your perspective right i think that's where it is you know i'm not recharged by any means obviously the energy we go with is, is a daily routine and uh expect it out of myself every day i wake up that's why i did this job but uh yeah but the perspective of of what has what has happened and what is to come i think that that was probably a key component of this right and so obviously man just really excited about getting into a very similar situation that I was in at Southeastern, right? a lot of the same uh, people, uh, a lot of the same talent pool, a lot of the same mentality and makeup and just who they are as family. And, uh, you know, so I'm sitting there looking at the MC stages of of what we have and the opportunity we have to build what we did there at Hammond. And and so that perspective, you reflect a little bit on how we did it there, right? And and the vision of where this has to go uh, moving forward. But, you know, I I had a mentor that I, I spoke with on the phone before this kind of all went down, and uh, he, he gave me he gave me a little nice little piece. He goes, you know what, brother? He said, good for you. He goes, you know what's getting ready to happen? Get ready, coach, pissed off, and that's scary. <laughs> he said, that's <laughs> real scary. And and in a sense, yeah, but it's in a sense of of out, not actually uh, coaching pissed off, but more to prove, hey man, to prove not only to myself but to those around us, hey man, that you know we we do this and we do this at a very high level. Yes, we have high expectations for ourselves, and some people are saying, hey man, you're shooting for the stars, but honestly, I believe. There is a clear glass ceiling on this place that so we can
1: really blow this place up, Matt. When you look at blowing it up, about an hour radius of you and driving range. I know Lewisburg down in the Mississippi high school level yep. was incredible this past year. The recruiting range, really, like I said, an hour circle from whichever way you want to head. Kind of talk to our listeners what that will look like for you at Memphis.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, we we talked about it. on you know, what's that model look like? You know, when you're coming in and taking this job, and you know where you're going to recruit. And we're going to start from the inside and work our way out, right? There's a lot of talent, like you said, Clay, in this area, in West Tennessee, North Mississippi, and you're really in a great central location. That hey man, you're only four hours from Missouri. You're about six to seven hours from Chicago, right? Um, you know, seven hours from Dallas. In a very very uh, rich spot, right, from a talent standpoint. But again, we got to change that that perspective and the perception of who we are and what we over that logo, uh, and in all honesty, we've had some conversation with our, our current team. You know, we've had guys that have are from the Memphis area have left the area. Uh, gone Power 5, done the Ole Miss or Mississippi State and then also come back to Memphis and play here and it's like Coach, you know, in all honesty, when I got ninth grade I mean, I just looked at the logo of Memphis and said there's no way I'm playing there and so we've got to change that, that, that perception of what Memphis is because we got a lot to offer here and there's some really good players we got to keep so we'll start right at the young age. I mean, we're going to get in there uh, in the community component and get into the Little Leagues, right, and start making ourselves a little bit more visible there and you, you can say "You are you crazy? What are you doing in Little Leagues? You're starting to recruit Little Leaguers? No, <laughs> but we're trying to build a brand that is very lucrative to these homegrown kids to stay here so you know we're not going to have the same facility as a, as a power five we got a great facility you know they've invested three point five million dollars in it but you're not beating somebody on facilities so where are we going to find the niche where we're going to find the edge we're going to be very visible in what we're doing around our community so that man people take a lot of pride in this place and they see that logo and uh, they want to stay here and stay home. In the same aspect of that, right? Hey, man, it's a new day and age, and the transfer portal's in place, name image likeness is in place, and you adapt or you die, right? It's just the reality of it. So we have a national brand that you go in in any home in America. You can go west coast, east coast, northeast, doesn't matter where you go. People know what Memphis is, right? Now, they might associate with Memphis basketball. They might associate that with Memphis football. Uh, but now we're going to get to the point where, hey, man, you're going to associate Memphis with Memphis baseball. And, again, I gave a 10-year plan right? I'm trying to do this by year five, get us to there, where, hey, man, it's a national brand from a baseball component as well as the rest of our athletics.
1: Matt, it was interesting to me just doing some research, and I didn't have to do research on this. You know, I'm a, a basketball guy, so Anthony Penny Hardaway, man, just to have that like (laughs) associated with the spot uh, that you are now is is surreal to me just being a picking guy and and I know that you are. So that's so cool to me, but just digging in a little deeper, Memphis has really been on the front edge on the NIL stuff. I didn't, I didn't really realize that, but that seems to almost be a competitive advantage from day one with you and what y'all have going there.
0: Yeah, you know, again, it's more in the basketball and football space uh, that they're that they're playing there with that, uh, that I don't want collectives. But also, you know, that was part of the interview process and some of the conversation we had back and forth with the administration. Like, hey, man, you know, baseball is growing that way. I mean, you just saw LSU, right, and, and what they did. And, and, you know, some people, uh, are, oh, well, they just went out and bought a team. Uh, there, there, was, there was a lot of guys that might have been there for a long time, the Belosos of the world, the Dugas of the world, the Joe Bears of the world. They would all been there, baby. You know, you didn't go buy those. Players they believed in that place, but yeah, they were able to add those couple pieces. You know, when you add a skeins and you add a Tommy tanks and uh, you know, a guy or two other, the herd kid, you know, then all of a sudden you go from being uh, really good to great, right? right. And then the, to live up to those expectations right after you do that. So, we want to play in that same field, we want to get that name and just likeness, you know, that collective of what it looks like. How do we do that? You know, I don't know the particular. Niche for us just yet in, in that space. We've got to figure out, uh, you know, what what we're going to be able to do. Because uh, at LSU, you know, yeah, you may go get somebody one hundred fifty thousand dollars to come in to play and be a tiger. But the kid on the roster that's there, you know, obviously he's not getting $150,000. So he's trying to figure out, well, well, maybe I should just go ahead and join the portal. You just saw that with the kid from Tennessee, Mm -hmm. right? Hey, let me go and get my payday as well type of deal. But you had kids that believe in that locker room that now, you know what, LSU, the logo, the whole nine yards, I'm staying here. Can we play in that same space? I don't know if we can, but can we get in the space to where, hey, man, everybody on that roster, hey, gets a piece of the pie. I think that's going to be more the direction that we go. It's still early in this for baseball right we're not into the in the same area where football and, and basketball is yet uh but also it's turning that way and you just saw that also the national champion lsu
1: matt when you look at the conference certainly you're familiar with it being a, a two lane um guy but how much do you think the way that the conference is shifting and going will help you and what part of that maybe attracted you to this memphis position
0: yeah, absolutely, Clay. I think you hit the nail on the head, man. The the attraction to the conference, right now, everybody knows the American brand and what that is. But obviously, that's that's changing, uh, you know, de- geographically, just the whole nine yards, what it looks like. And I think it's extremely beneficial for the baseball world, right? I don't know about the football and basketball world. I, I'm not enough into there to know the teams that we're at and the universities we're adding. But I know from the baseball standpoint component. Now you're talking about again. We gave that plan. This is why I gave the plan. That year one. Hey man, he might win that tournament. You know, I mean it's just, just you gotta feel it the right week and, you know got to play well that week, right? But anybody can win that thing, you get that auto bid into the NCAA regionals. But by year three, you know, you got this thing shift in the direction that you want, that you can play the competitive schedule. You know, at Southeastern last year, we played the number seven non-conference schedule in the country, right? You know, so we brought all the teams down and went and, and, and played guys on the road, the Arkansas, the world, and those kind of guys. So, you know, we can build that same type of schedule out, because we're still three years out from doing that. Uh, and if you don't have the greatest week that last week, then you can get the at-large bid, because the non-conference is what it's supposed to be. But the American Conference has shifted in the position to where, hey man, in conference play, it's a battle, man. It is a true, true battle. Up to three weeks left in the season. Hey man, UTSA, there's a lot of people having a lot of conversations about them maybe making the dark horse run to be in Omaha. You know, obviously the tradition of Bryce, where they've been. They're back trying to get things going again, but they're going in the right direction again. Uh, obviously, you know, we're adding UAB who's made a ton of commitments on the baseball side of things. Casey Dunn's left Sanford where he was a consistent regional component and now into UAB trying to do the same and build that thing there as well. Charlotte just was in a regional final. FAU is a regional year in year out type of deal. So now we're adding those five into the conference. Man, I couldn't ask for a better opportunity. Man, that we, if we build this thing right, schedule wise, with that competitiveness in that conference, you know, schedule wise. Hey, man, we're talking about that large bids year in year out.
1: Matt, when you looked at it in your press conference and just knowing this from your coaching style, you truly appreciate uh, the the grit and the grind. You talked about the separator being kind of that competitive spirit. Can you give our listeners, especially some high school uh, guys that may be listening, I'm hoping my son who's 12 has really gotten into the game, <laughs> will take what you say here and latch on to it, but some intangibles, some, some things that, you and your staff look at what is what is those what are those things look at when you go watch a kid or when you view tape on a guy that that competitive type spirit yeah
0: you know in all honesty when you watch this and and covid just was uh awfully difficult to deal with we weren't allowed to have anybody in and allowed to go out and see these guys right and play and uh so we're, well, that's what we're doing we're recruiting off video for 16 18 months man we were finally able to release to go back out and see kids play and see the energy they play with you can't see that in the film breakdown so that's great you can send film in we can watch that and we can see a basic mover and a talent you know level but hey man talent's at all time high at, at all levels division one all the way down to jc there's some kids who could play junior college ball a few years ago who won't get that opportunity to play in college there's some guys who could play at division one level a few years ago that won't get that opportunity so what's going to be the intangible what's be to be separated when talent is such parity across the board and man where are you going to find that little extra to have that advantage to be able to be the winner right uh as opposed to be on the opposite end of things so you know being able to get out see these kids repetitively and, and that's it's hard you know you're recruiting good talented players uh, very rarely are they failing, but at some point in time they will. Right? It's just the game, it's the game of baseball. And so to see how they react to that, to see how they're 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 taking the coaching right from the other end of it when they do have failure, uh, to see how their teammates are reacting to them. I'm watching all that stuff. How are they get on off the field? How they're enjoying themselves? Are they truly enjoying the game? Or are they doing it because Daddy's just pushing really hard and mm-hmm. good at it? Right? I want guys who truly enjoy the game, who truly enjoy the moment. That's tough to break down in film. You got to get there with your own. Uh, to be able to see it. And again, that was what was lucrative in taking this job was because in this area, there's so much talent. We get to see it multiple times. You know, We get to see it right here. Go see it, go see it, go see it. I see it. My recruiting coordinator sees it. My pitching coach sees it. Hey, man, at the end of the day, this isn't an exact science, right? That's just reality of it. But in the same sense is the more guys that are saying yes the so next to that name because of how he's handled himself, not just from a talent standpoint, hey man, he fits who we are, he fits what we are. Just where we go back to that fit, man. It might not be the perfect player, right? It might not be the perfect university, but maybe it's the perfect fit, and now everybody matches my, my uh, situation.
1: Man, I got a chance to cover Picune football this past year and an old teammate of yours, Cody Stogner, at the lead of a perfect season, a back-to-back 5A state championship. And one thing that struck out, of course, the talent, and they were well coached, that goes without saying, but the joy that each each member of that uh, team had when another a teammate would make a play was just man it would just jump out at you it didn't matter that you know they made the big run or that they made the tackle the way they celebrated success for their teammates was off the charts
0: well and that's exactly what you're watching right that's the interaction we're talking about the entangles because look here's the deal uh you're not going to go five for five every day you're not going to strike out 10 guys every time you touch the bump right uh something Majority of time you have success, but when you're not having success, are you still that same dude? Are you still that same teammate? Do you still have that same respect to that locker room? So when you say something, it has value to it. Or are you the front runner, right? Are you the guy who goes up and down with the emotion? When you're doing good, you're great. When you're not, you're not, right? Type of deal. So watching those interactions, I think are imperative for us. You know, it's again things that we're noting and that we're taking into context. Right? We're trying to make a decision on the kid. Hey, man, it can be the fit for the University of Memphis and can be a Tiger. And so you hit the nail on the head. That's that excitement for their teammates to have success as well, right? You see the Paul Skeens right there in the, in the World Series. I mean, he's, he's carrying the team on his back <laughs> to the yeah. no pile, right? I mean, yeah. that's the kind of of environment you're creating, that's the type of chemistry you're trying to to create, uh, and it doesn't just happen with just winning. It happens before that. You create that environment before that, and when you get to the winning and you see the success of the guys around you, you know how hard that man's worked next to you, and you appreciate that. And because of that appreciation, he appreciates it in return, right? And so everybody's happy, everybody's winning, and again, Clay. We talk about the winning part, part of it. That's just a byproduct of creating that, and so. But you got to find the right fits to do that. You got to find the guys who believe in that and truly believe in that, and will express that not only say it but they'll walk it as well.
1: When you look at dual sport guys or maybe three sport guys on a high school level, Matt, how much do you think that adds to uh, being able? To compete, and does that play a factor in any of y'all's recruiting? You know, if it's a a side-by-side comparison and if you've got a guy that competed in two or three sports and, and handled himself well in those other venues, does that help?
0: Absolutely, be right, because you, you know this. You know if they're having success in those sports, then they're very well structured. Uh, it means a lot to them. They've been in, in multiple different locker rooms that have all kind of different well inner working parts, man, that they've been able to be a chameleon and adapt to and, again, appreciate the situation they're in with the teammates around them. Uh, we love athletes. I mean, that's just what we recruit. And so to be able to see a young man to pick up a bat, go swing, hit a baseball, and then go catch a football or then go shoot a basketball, run up and down the court, man, you appreciate that genuine athlete. And that the fact that, hey, man, we've got a lot of those questions. Well, Coach, it's played multiple sports. You want me to go ahead and back off the football or basketball now that you know I'm committed to you guys? Absolutely not, man, because the reason you got through that sport is because you enjoy picking up the basketball and shooting a hoop. Are you threw the ball and you enjoy playing catch in the backyard. Are you started throwing the football in the backyard and you enjoyed that part of it. You did it because you enjoyed it and you had fun with it. Now you've got relationships inside that locker room, man, that you don't need to walk away from. Go enjoy that component. Go and be there as much as you can. Be as present as you possibly can. And I'll revert back to my experience, right? I knew I wouldn't play in college football, but, man, that locker room that I was in and those relationships that we built and those Thursday nights before Friday night lights, right, that we turned on – those moments were special to me and special to my heart. So why do I want to take that away from a young man that's playing multiple sports? I don't. You don't have to specialize in this. That is the misconception of this. That, and I get it. From a parent's standpoint, even from a kid's standpoint, That they're missing out. They're not going to be as good as they possibly can be if they're not working at this 24-7. If they're putting attention in some other areas, then they're not going to be as good as they need to be at the sport they're trying to chase their in. which is absolutely false, right? The reality of this is, hey man, they're still training. They're still training their body to bigger physical athletic aggressive they're cultivating those relationships inside that locker room in that different context right all that is what we're looking for when we talk about full package so that's great you can go with your private pitching coach out there seven days a week or your private hitting coach seven days a week Not that we frown upon that by any means we like to work but that is not the only component of it that makes you the full round round the player to be as successful as you need to be
1: Matt, when you look at it, and you maybe can tell this, you may can't, just tell me where you can go with this, but building a staff, is that already in place? I know you mentioned a, a recruiting um, coordinator during the yep. press conference. Where are we looking yep. like for your staff? Yeah,
0: you know, we are were, we were slowly but surely uh, putting the staff together and we're being uh, these are some of the most important hours I've had to make in my career, right? And so I'm being uh, very thorough in our process of, of, of the background, of the people, the shaking the bushes to make sure there's not just maybe just a little bit better fit in the situation. So uh, right now we have Fort Pemberton, who was at, with me at Southeastern, Spent five years at Nichols as well. Before that, uh, has come up as our recruiting coordinator. Um, I just hired a former player yesterday and Connor Manolo, who's going to come up from be our catching coach as well. Well-versed in the game, well-respected, right? Team captain, the whole nine yards. And he's going to believe in what we're, we're, what we're preaching and putting out there for these guys. And now we're working on the pitching coach situation. We're down to hopefully our last 48 hours, 72 hours. We'll have it done by the end of the weekend. Uh, and But, we, again, we got to get a guy with the same vision and the same plan that we all see as well. So, um, you know, we're in a situation where we have not just those positions, we got other positions down there as well. I've got a former player, Chase Kessinger, that is going to be and say on as our director of pitching development. Uh, I've offered a, a position out to a former player as well to be our director of video analysis and data, uh, and then we'll have a director of player development as well once we get our pitching coach hired. So we're kind of making this where where we have multiple guys who truly care about this place, believe in this place, believe in what we're doing, but it's not just me, right? It's an extension of what we're doing where we put our fingerprint on each and every kid to make sure that no kid goes left behind.
1: Matt, I'll get you out of here on this. I know your time's valuable, but you were a phenomenal player, a Hall of Fame-type player at the junior college level at PRCC, and then a really good player at Tulane. When you're in the dugout and when you're watching this game and the way that it's evolved, it, man, it's, I'm watching it on TV, get to see it a, a few times in person, but the standard and, and what's taking place on these college uh Baseball fields is incredible, right? Just the quality of play, and you have you haven't been gone all that long. I don't want to make me and you older than what we are, but <laughs> dead come man, it just you sit back and watch Omaha this past season, and it just jumps off the quality of play, huh?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, when's the last time you've seen a guy throw 102 and pitch number 122, right? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. a rarity, you know? Uh, and, and again, that's what everybody associates things with numbers, right? They look at the, I mean, how I many home runs and how, how, how hard is he throwing velocity wise and, you know, how fast is he running? Well, look, pure evolution has taken over, right? I mean, science is real. And when you start doing more work and educating yourself and the science you can implement, and also you see where it translates right here on the field from, a, from an ability standpoint. So again, talent's at all time high. You probably sold more 95-mile fastballs at the College World Series this year than you can they combined in the last five years, right? So it's a continue to evolve, obviously, physically. But the part and component that we're trying to continue to – I think it's been lost a little bit in the last 20 years is the actual – the play, right? Mm. The ball player who understands the game and the next play and always kind of a step ahead. The educated, the maturity level to be other to study the game, know what the game is, and take that advantage. There's more data and, and numbers now available to these kids and to the coaching staff than there's ever been in the entire history of baseball. So, hey, man, maybe you're not quite as physically gifted to that. Maybe you maximize what you've got. You're not the 90 – Five mile I got to tonight. Two mile a got. But because you engulf yourself in being a ball player and being a baseball rat, you've educated yourself. You have the advantage of the guy who might be just a tick more talent talented. You. That's some of the extension of the staff that we're building to make sure we unturn every single stone we possibly can to maximize what we have, to maximize this place and win championships here. Not once, not twice on excitement, but consistently do it year in, year out.
1: Matt, I said one more, but your answer there brought me to another question, and you may laugh me off on this, but would bats in a college game ever? Could you ever see that?
0: Well, I'd love to see it because that crack of the bat, man, on that one is something special. Yep. Uh, no, no, I'll, I don't ever see it. Right? There's just there's too much uh, financial component <laughs> involved in that uh, to take the metal bat out of the game. But yeah, I mean, you, you saw a little bit of it, right? You saw the kid from Oregon yeah. a grab a wood bat, right? Start to swing a little bit. And, and again, right? There's some fatty things that happen, right? And maybe does that influence another kid to grab a wood bat? Now this becomes a fat thing. Well, maybe it trends that way. I, I don't think we get there, Clay. In all honesty, but man, I tell you what, that crack of that wood bat, <laughs> something special. You know, it's just and. and and again, from a professional standpoint, you know, I mean, these guys are trying to be evaluated right to play at the next level and mm-hmm. play with wood. I say, why not? But you know, those above my pay grade, and then we'll let the higher ups make those decisions.
1: Matt, once again, dude, thank you for your friendship and and thank you for your time. We always enjoy having you on. And cra- congratulations again. And if you see Penny around campus, tell him, oh Clay, <laughs> sweet back and pick you. I grew up on him, man. They're in the yeah. in the pyramid there for what they that's put it. together. So that's some cool stuff. Enjoy your time, well, Matt. Continued success.
0: Clay as always man. I really appreciate you having me on. I cherish our friendship, man. Thank you so much. And go Tigers, go.
1: Thank you, Matt.